Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Hello, I'm Ross Birkinshaw and thanks for downloading today's podcast on Monday the 22nd of October. Details have emerged of how a 12-year-old girl died after collapsing at school in Medway. Pearl Anu Arubi was flown to a London hospital after struggling to breathe at Rochester Grammar School in March. Kate has the details. The court heard how Pearl had been told by medics she could start reintroducing wheat back into her diet. On 20th of March, she was dropped off at school after having toast for breakfast. Later on, Pearl's breathing became more difficult and she collapsed, going into cardiac arrest. The 12-year-old was flown to King's College Hospital in London but died 10 days later from a severe brain injury. Her parents said she had the most amazing personality and lit up the room with her smile and had the most infectious laugh. Another hearing's due to take place next month. Rescue teams have given up hope of finding a man who fell overboard from a cruise ship off the coast of Ramsgate. Lifeboats and a helicopter were involved in a huge search when the crew member went missing from the Ida Perla vessel yesterday morning. It was called off last night and won't be resuming. Kent Online News. A lorry driver has been sent to prison after being discovered with more than £2.5 million of drugs in his cab in Dover. The 28-year-old was stopped early this year and was found to have 25 kilos of heroin. The Polish national denied all knowledge of the stash. He's been jailed for more than 11 years. A Maidstone mum who was told not to learn British Sign Language when she went deaf at the age of nine is now teaching others on TikTok. Care Kalaki lost her hearing after having meningitis and stayed in a mainstream school by lip reading. The 45-year-old says struggling to homeschool her daughter during the pandemic inspired her to train in BSL. I was born with normal hearing and then I went deaf when I was nine. So I had meningitis and I had cochlear implants when I was 15, which then broke and I had it done again when I was 29. Then I had double cochlear implants done when I was 35. The reason we started doing the videos was basically to try and spread a little bit of deaf awareness because um, I always wanted to learn sign language when I was younger, but I wasn't allowed. My mum literally was told that if my mum and dad said that if I learned sign language I would have to go to a deaf school and therefore I would only have deaf friends I wouldn't be able to fit into the hearing community I wouldn't ever be able to communicate with anyone so therefore you have to fit into the hearing world and as I've gotten older it's almost like I don't I can't really explain this I feel like it's not really fair that it should be that way. Why don't we all learn a little bit of communicating with each other? So um, I decided a year ago to just start doing BSL because I could do some BSL when I was little. We had to, as I was learning to lip read, I had to learn to communicate somehow so we could do some. And then I decided that I'd get qualified. And so I went and did level one last year. I'm doing level two now. So I'm not a pro. I'm not a pro in BSL, but... I just want to teach everyone what I've learned because it's so expensive to learn. And I feel like if I can just spread a little bit of BSL, teaching people to communicate, I just feel like if someone was to walk into Tesco's and see someone who was deaf, they could hear them and, and not hear them, obviously, and communicate with them. I just feel it's really important 
and also you know at any time one of our children could lose their hearing or a family member and if we could just communicate with each other it would be a lot easier so that's why I started doing them when lockdown happened and I was homeschooling I hadn't learned anything at school because I wasn't there. I literally didn't go to the school from the age of maybe nine. I think I went back to school when I was like 11 or 12. Then I obviously not only had a lot of time off because of my hearing, going to different doctor's appointments, I couldn't hear my teachers because I was I had to go to a mainstream school. And I just felt like a bit of a failure as a mum that couldn't help my eight-year-old daughter do her homework. And I wanted to do something myself. So I decided to um, learn BSL because one of my friends mentioned that there was a local one in Maidstone. It was, um, it's actually BSL training. Um, Karen and Andrew Belcher, they're the ones that teach me now. And they're amazing because they're there. And I instantly sort of had a connection with them. I've, I've never met a deaf person before because all my, all my friends and everyone I know is hearing so I just felt like I just belonged there and suddenly I sort of thought I'm not actually embarrassed to be deaf anymore because before I had my cochlear implants I fit into the hearing world but actually I realised I can fit into the deaf world as well and I can be proud of being deaf and spread awareness. She's hoping they'll now be added to the national curriculum. Kent Online reports. Tributes have been paid to former London gangster turned author Dave Courtney, who's died aged 64. He was found dead at his home in Plumstead on Sunday. Among those paying tribute to Courtney is Chatham author Rocky Trioni, who says he's been left heartbroken at the news. A building blunder in Whitstable has left residents feeling like they have the Titanic parked at the end of their garden. A brick-finished block of 12 flats in Canterbury Road was granted permission two years ago. Locals say the white modern complex is a far cry from the approved designs. It's unclear if Canterbury City Council will take any enforcement action. Now, a Kent dad who set up a group to help other men discuss the burdens of fatherhood says it's been such a success that expanding across the county. Denver King started Dad Space in Maidstone two years ago. They're now putting on sessions in Sevenoaks, Ashford, Canterbury and Broadstairs. Now, he says his word is getting out about the support they offer and spoke to Nicola after they won one of the awards at the Kent Mental Wellbeing Awards on Friday. Many congratulations on your award this evening. How much does it mean to you? Oh, it means means everything to us. You know, um, starting Dad Space over two years ago now, and uh, to get to this point now where we've we've actually won awards for what we've done, it's, it's it means means the world. Tell us a bit about Dad Space for anyone who hasn't heard of it, because it's really providing a vital service, isn't it? Yeah, so Dad Space offers a safe a safe space for all dads to talk, listen, and share experiences of fatherhood in a safe environment, basically. And how has it grown over the past two years? Because I know when we first spoke when it was setting up and more and more people have come along to the sessions, what's it like now? Yeah, so uh, obviously originally we had Maystone and we've now got Seven Oaks and from next month we'll be launching Ashford, our first one in Ashford and then following on from there Canterbury and Broadstairs. So, So yeah, quite a lot, quite far, yeah. Yeah, really going across the whole of the county. Have you found that dads have got more receptive to the idea of speaking about how they're feeling. Absolutely, absolutely. I think the fact that we're there now as a service, I think the dads are, uh, are definitely coming along and when they see some of the regular guys opening up, that really sort of encourages them and realises actually it is okay to talk. And, soon as you, and as soon as they start talking, they fit, you can see the, the weight lift off their shoulders about 
you know, fatherhood in general. Is it a case that a lot of blokes think I'm the only one with this issue, so therefore I'll bottle it up? And then when they do share it, they realise a lot of their concerns are shared by everybody. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you could get one guy come along and he thinks that he's, he's carrying the, all, all of the weight of the world on his shoulders and then he shares it and then within about five minutes or so, another guy will pop up who's might be having the same issue or has had that issue in the past. We've got a very stereotypical perception sometimes, haven't we? Men, they're breadwinners. They go out and, and you know, they, they earn for their families. They look after their family. How things like cost of living crisis, for example, post-pandemic and all the issues we've got at the moment, are you seeing those sorts of issues come up? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we have, we have many conversations about that in Dad's Space. And um, I think by just having that conversation, it doesn't necessarily fix the issue or make make it just makes you feel at ease that everyone's is in is in the same boat and just having that discussion just eases the pain a little bit yeah a problem shared as people say is a problem halved what do you hope that this award will do for you and the rest of the team at dad space um i will you know winning awards like this it just it just gives us so much more we can grow so much more with this it gives us some um, stability and um it, it proves that Although we believed in Dad Space, it believes that other people have believed in it and think that it's a good thing. And it's just, yeah, I'm very, very proud. Kent Online News. A leisure centre in Ashford's been given a one-star food hygiene rating after an inspection found sandwiches and smoothies were being stored at temperatures six degrees above the legal limit. High-risk products at the Stour Centre Cafe had to be thrown away due to the potential growth of bacteria. Bosses say all issues were immediately rectified following the visit earlier this year. The people behind a new housing development in Gravesend want to increase the number of flats while halving the number of parking spaces. Plans for two apartment blocks near West Street in the town centre have already been approved, but developers have now submitted a new application. It would increase the number of flats to more than 230, with just 56 parking spaces. Ken Park, which opened this summer after a £5 million makeover, has already been vandalised. Toilets have been damaged and glass from a notice board has been left shattered on the ground at Victoria Park in Ashford. Visitors are now being encouraged to report any antisocial behaviour to police. It's been revealed how philanthropists are helping to prop up the charity sector in Kent as a cost of living crisis hits donations. Most of us aren't able to give as much as we used to and funding from government and councils has also reduced. It's led to some organisations closing. But Josephine McCartney from the Kent Community Foundation says it's not all bad news. With the pressures of the cost of living with government funding significantly reducing certainly locally and local authorities having to cut all of their costs um, and people in general just not being able to afford to donate to charity. We are now seeing the the impact of that and we know we know anecdotally that charities are closing but like um, like every sector when one door closes another door opens uh, and you know and there are just as many charities setting up now as they were closing so people are still you know that that will never change I don't think in the sector I think people will always want to do the right thing so it's it's very challenging at the moment income wise but also staff retention and recruitment because the sector although we pay staff so I think that's that there's a, a sort of a myth around people working in the sector and we don't get paid we do uh, um, and the thing is that we we but we don't pay the levels of pay you know you get paid more 
to work in Aldi, for example, than you do working for most charities on an hourly rate. So, you know, people, because of the cost of living, don't have a choice. Perhaps um, philanthropy and philanthropists are, is just a word that maybe some people here don't and, really understand what that what that means. But can you just describe the sorts of um, not names, obviously, but the sorts of people who might come to you and yeah. say, look, I really want to do something with the money that I have got. What can I do with it? How do you help? So um, so, so the people who tend to give through us is, is what we say. People who t- tend to give through us um, will we'll have the ability to give an average of £100,000 donation. Uh, and what we mean by philanthropy, it, it's, you know, it's not the Bill Gates of the world. Most people uh, associate the word philanthropy with extremely wealthy people. And, and that's not the case. You know, it's people who may have, um, who have worked extremely hard, who have... Um, you know, achieved a certain level of wealth uh, um, and they want to give something back to the local communities and they do it in a considered way. So what we always say in the sector is that charity is about, um, you know, it's about heart and it's about immediate response and, and people will respond to, you know, human stories and things that they see on TV and something that relates to them. Philanthropy is certainly different in that it's that, that there's a longer thought process to it. So it's thinking about what can those people do in the local communities? Um, what does that look like? What difference can they make? And, and how do they sustain that level of giving? So it's not a one-off donation. It's an ongoing support for certain groups and certain organisations. And the way that Kent Community Foundation helps is that we um, advise them on um, where to give. So so we know more, and I make this statement boldly, but it's true, we know more about the voluntary sector in Kent and Medway than anyone else does uh, um, because we give out so many uh, levels of funding every year and we know the organisations that we fund. We meet them, we speak to them, we see them, we see the services they deliver. So we, we know the sector very well. Uh, um, and so that's why people trust us. And the things that they are interested in, do they they do they go across a broad spectrum, or are, are there certain areas that certain people are are, are more interested in giving to? Well, I think the key thing is geography. So I think where people live, people want to give usually within that geography. And um, but in terms of the causes that they support, is everything from homelessness to substance misuse to domestic violence to, you know, children in poverty to um, young families, people with disabilities, everything. You know, we our objects as Kent Community Foundation allows us to identify and support organisations right across that spectrum. They gave out almost 900 grants last year worth £4.6 million. A 700-year-old tower in Canterbury has gone up for auction. Sudbury Tower originally formed part of the city's defensive walls. It's got a guide price of £370,000. Kent Online Showbiz. Busted are going to be playing in Kent next year. They'll be at Dreamland in Margate as part of the summer series on the 23rd of August. Tickets go on sale this Thursday. Kent Online Sports. Gillingham have launched an investigation after the Knox County goalkeeper received a cut to the head after apparently being struck by an object on Saturday. There was a delay at the start of second-half stoppage time. The Jills were eventually beaten 2-1. But interim boss Keith Millen has been proud of the team's performance, though. If you want a team that's going to show commitment 
to the cause then I think you saw that today I thought they they worked their socks off today um, against a very good passing team they've been playing that way now for uh, sort of a season or so so they're very good at what they do they're very good in possession and we knew we had we'd have to work really hard to try and stop that the the decision was really was when and where you try and press because if you just go chasing them high up the pitch they're good enough to to play around and all of a sudden the game becomes very open and it did at times it was a little bit end to end wasn't it um, so really proud of the players I've got to say and I said that to them there's a way of losing a game and that was a way that you can lose a game and take positives from obviously it's, it's raw at the moment because I think we deserved a, a draw out of the game I think I mean I've not looked back at the chances but we had some really good opportunities I know they did as well and it was one of them games where um, it was whoever took their chances and but that that's when you look at sort of Notts County and their, their record this season that that's the way they play they, they probably back themselves to score more goals in the opposition so um, we knew it was a difficult game difficult opposition um, but for their effort and commitment and the few chances we had at the end there you, I think um, a 2-2 would probably have been a fair result and ultimately it's taken a very special strike to stop us achieving a point as as a coach of the dugout you might not just think like, like luck's not on our side yeah no we, we but we'd worked on we knew they took a lot of short corners we knew they worked the ball around the box that we worked on it we'd spoke about it we'd shown them videos I've not looked back at it yet but um, we probably should have got out to the ball quicker but be fair to let me know sort of behind it is, is this it really well and um, so you can't complain at the strike could we have got out to him quicker I'll have to look at the video it was a very good goal that was taken by Scott Malone as well where a goal of real individual quality oh brilliant I mean I think he's put his back out doing it um, so he was he was really struggling with his back so he's had to come off um, but he was brilliant with it the, the skill and the, and the finish was um, again you think when it's 1-1 I thought there was probably one team we were probably going to go on and win it I thought we was in the ascendancy then um, even first half they had a lot of possession we knew they would um, and I was hoping the crowd were good but sometimes it's difficult to educate the crowd to just sort of try and stay a bit patient because I felt when we won it, they we had opportunities to, to hurt them. And when you look at their first goal, we broke 3v2. We, we won the ball, we broke on them. They left themselves open and we weren't clinical enough. And that's probably something that you've, you've heard probably all season that when we've had opportunities, we've not been clinical enough. So you go from one end having the opportunity to score a goal and then they go down the other and punish us the other side. So um, I thought it was small margins today, but that's the way the game is. So um, yeah, it, it will be important that I sort of um, pick, pick Les up on Monday and uh, we'll be ready for Tuesday. That's all from us. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.